Hello and welcome. Uh, this is the Surgical Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Haider Al-Hakim, and I have the great pleasure of having Tara here on the podcast. That's never hey. happened before, has it? No, no. It's been a long time coming. Thanks for having me on. Sure. So so why this one and not? Because there's like billions of podcasts out there. Well, you seem all, you seem all right. It's nice having Thank a you. chat with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had a bit, yeah. Of, a bit of spare time. Yeah, you know, I mean, sort of niceness is, is sort of nice, like proper niceness, not the kind of business niceness that, that we've all been, that we all have to get used to. You know, business nice, and then there's the real nice. And so you're saying I'm the real nice, or not? No, I'm the real nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, you know, there's a there's like a business nice which, which we all subscribe to in order to get business. Mm, I think there's just. I think I know what you mean. I would like to think it's, you know, like it's just me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you can get on with someone, yeah, uh, on a sort of really basic, nice human level then that's a big tick for you in terms of doing business with them. Yeah, I think I have, I think I learned, I've learned the hard way to, it is important to me, we don't have to be best friends, but it is important that we've got a good rapport and that I feel that I like you and that you like me in order for us to work together and I think in the past I've been like you know people say I don't get paid to be liked I don't care if people don't like me um I do care it doesn't stop me but life is easier when you feel like you get on you can work with people that you don't like but it's not as fun it's not as enjoyable for either party yeah, I mean, you know, we work in jobs which we don't really like, but we do it because we've got bills to pay and, you know, we've got so many things that that, that we have to do in life. Um, <clears throat> are, you a, are you a hard person to sort of please or for you, you know, to be liked or to make friends with? Oh, I think that. I always say to my sister, I I think I'm the sort of person that, that's what you see is not what you get Mm. so in that respect I think that if you're like my true true friend it's taken quite a long time for me to share that we can be cool but there's only a few people like I feel like that really know me and I, I even know I think the perception is I am I'm out there. I don't care. Like I just share everything, but things that are really important to me, I don't, I think I only share that with like my close, close friends. So I think, I don't know. I think some people may think that I think I give, I'm not, I I give off a really bad first impression. I don't know why, but I think I, I can be a little bit standoffish. I don't mean to be, and then as time goes on, I like warm up and people are like, oh, I didn't think you would be like this. And I'm like, yeah, I know I came across a bit like a bit of a cow. I don't know why I do that, but I do. Yeah, we have different defence mechanisms. And I think our de- defence mechanisms um, 
kind of increase as we get older. I think so anyway, you know, because we have been exposed to so much. Um, what's the word? Fuckery, I think. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think I'm trying to I'm trying to work out when with people like, are you are you for me? Am I for you? Um, so it takes does sometimes does take a while for me to warm up. So, what was Tara like after finishing, you know, her BA in in uh, business and marketing? What was she like? She was super ambitious, and I thought I honestly thought I'd go, I'd be like headhunted to work for like Coca Cola or Adidas. I properly wanted, to, yeah. After my degree, I was like, I want to do marketing. I'm going to work in London. I'm going to work in the city and I'm going to be like, I'm going to be it. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Um, I'm quite a homebody. Mm. And during my, I think I'm trying to, my BA. So it was just me. So my, my mum had passed away before then, so it was just me and my dad. Um, and I think I just, I liked being at home. And I just, yeah, a bit of a homebody. And when I went to university, I, I went to my local university. So I, I did want to move. And then I was like, I'll just stay at home. And I'm really glad that I did because when I was doing my degree, my dad passed away. So I'm really glad I wasn't, I didn't live in a different place. And I think that I started, I'm with my I started dating my boyfriend, who is now my husband. We've been together for 21 years. But I met Mark and just had, like, my friends and just was I, – I quite like where I lived. I'm still very ambitious, but I those opportunities are not where I am. Um, I'm trying to think – I can't remember what my first job is. I think I went to go and work at a barrister's chambers. I absolutely – I kind of loved it, but I hated the person – but I still had that ambition, but I did think I want to, I'd want to stay where, stay where I know. So I think um, I wasn't ambitious to leave. I wanted an ambitious career, but I wasn't very adventurous. My sister is adventurous. My, one of my sisters is, but I, um, I am a homebody. Uh, older sister, younger sister was there. Sort middle. Of of, mid, middle. Middle. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that sense of competition there for you. No, 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 only in the fact that there's like no competition because Sue's like there. (laughs) It's just there's no competition. She's on a a different level in a good way, like above me. And it's, I I, I always say to her, like, Sue, it goes over my head. I'm quite, I'm, I'm happy with my, where I am. And, and, and where was your biggest break? What? What, what was your biggest break after qualifying? Like, you you know, you felt that you got you got there. Yeah, so my biggest break, I used to work in a company called Exchanging and that administered, that's really boring, administered insurance documents. Um, but I used to work at McDonald's and during McDonald's, I applied for this job and I got it. And the lady that interviewed me had also worked at McDonald's. So we kind of had this, we understood and in six months I went from being I was the the assistant logistics manager 
I went from being the logistics manager and I was managing a site in Chatham, Folkestone, London, Lednall Street and Delhi. And I did think I've made it <laughs> like I've made it. I loved I absolutely loved that job. Um, but yeah, when that was kind of like my first, oh no, I suppose I was a manager at McDonald's, but I I implemented this new dashboard. It got rolled out across the company. And just as I got pregnant, they asked me to go to Delhi to work. And I was, I say just got pregnant. I found out I was pregnant and I was about four months. And I remember I didn't go. And I remember thinking, oh, I love that job. I absolutely loved it. Well, what what was it about the job that you loved? I like the responsibility. I like managing people, although it was really hard. Um, and I just I like that I could you could I could see that I was progressing. So from that department, from logistics, then I got poached to head up. I think it was the treaty department, and then the premium department coach me it was really you could it was a really big company you could move around and I think that's what there was if you want to progress in that company you can you could and I and I definitely did and that's what was really nice so there's a nice sort of quite clear path for you to keep to keep progressing so to speak yeah I didn't know that and I think one of the things is that I say I got poached. It was always, and I think when I think back over my career, people have always given me the opportunity. So there wasn't, there was a pathway, but I didn't know that there was a pathway. And somebody did say to me, oh, you're really good. Do you want to do this? I got, um, there's a project management um, accreditation, like black belt training. They said, do you want to come into the black belt team? And just people just asked, asked me if I wanted to get involved. And I was like, yeah. And 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 Good what time. was it about your your sort of qualities that they that they uh, realised in you? What what was it about you at the time? Oh, I don't know. You have to ask them. I don't know. Come I on. Think... I would like to think that I just like to be involved in things. So, as an example, they were. There's lots of committees. And they were looking for somebody to be on the business continuity committee, which does sound like yawn, boring, like, and I was like, I'll, I'll, you know, like, I'll do it. And it was actually really interesting in regards to what would happen if there was a terrorist attack, which we faced, what would happen if there was a flood, what would happen if, um, I'd, even just people like forgot the keys and couldn't open up. So we're part of the London insurance market so it's really really important so I think I was the person that like I um I'm not a yes person but I I do say yes to opportunities um and I think that's what people saw so they would ask me whereas most people would a lot of people and there's nothing wrong with this you know just want to do their job and go home I'm I'm not I'm still not like that I want to know as much as I can about something Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, obviously that sort of opens you to the risk of of, of overworking and, and burning out and um, getting overstressed about things. So or do you I, disagree? Um, I mean, it does, but I would. I've never been close to burnout ever. 
Um, I do get stressed, but not like nothing that I just can't handle. So like if I have a stressful day, um, I'll like go home, have a bath early night and I can just pick myself up or talk. I've got a coach, like a big fan of coaches. Um, I've got a therapist. So if things feel weird, if I've got a particular problem, it feels like I can't, you know, like you kind of talk to yourself and you end up in a loop. Um, I'm quite good at, I can be like Caroline, like it's not urgent, urgent, but can you, I need to talk to you. I've got a health coach who's now my life coach. So I've had, have business coaches. I've got mentors. So if I feel, if I feel like I can't sort it out, I will go to people. So I am lucky. I've never been close to burnout. Um, No. And, and when, when, when did you realize the importance of having a coach? When did that sort of strike you? When I worked at a university, I, it was my friend, so my friend Ali, who's my best, been my best friend since I was six, she would talk about this guy and she said to me, I don't really like him, but I really respect him. He's really good at his job and he's teaching me. He's my mentor. So I remember thinking, oh, I want to get a mentor. Like, I honestly thought, who do I not really like, but I really respect? And this guy called Tim D came to mind. Um, so I, I Googled, like, what, what is a mentor? How do you be like a good mentee? And then I approached him and said, will you be my mentor? And he was very instrumental. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have done my MBA. Um, so when I worked at university, so how old was I? I don't even like early 20s. And then from there, somebody said, you might outgrow your mentor. And then I worked with Peter and then... I I was in a meeting and it was scheduled for an hour, but the meeting was over in about 20 minutes. Everyone seemed to know what they were doing. Everyone was happy. And I was a bit like, I want to learn how to chair a meeting like this. Then I asked who was the time acting pro vice chancellor said, would you be my mentor? And he was like, no one's ever asked me to be that. And then so he was my mentor. And then I ended up serendipitously, is that the word? Um, I ended up going to India. I went to work there um I got to go to Mangalore so in my previous job I just missed out because I was pregnant but I ended up going there so I think quite early on it was my friend who introduced me and then once I started to have a little bit of extra cash then um it's nice being able to speak to people in your organization a university is a big place Mm. but you sometimes you want to be able to talk to somebody you know like that's not in your organization at all. And then that's why I started to pay. And I have done ever since I've had coaches that um, I've been to Canada, I've been to California. Like I will, A, it's a trip, but I will go, I will go, I will, I will try to afford the best that in, within my budget. So I think it's really, really important. I want to progress. Um and I don't, you know, like I'm, I say like I'm getting old, but I'm still young. I'm running a business. I'm a mum, I'm a wife. And I think I just want to be the best I can be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what was, um, what was it like working in, in India coming from the UK? So somebody said to me, if they will, everyone will stare at you. And if they, if that person hadn't have said that to me, I think I would have, 
because everybody somebody nearly crashed there like these little like it's like a tush tush car um everybody did it was so surreal and it was quite uncomfortable but because and I had my hair in braids people kept touching my hair wow um which is a bit annoying <laughs> but um I did um but it was also it was when we went I went with Peter a guy called Peter Peter's white um just so I went to tip somebody and they were like no no that's too much money um which was it was like about five pounds um and you saw like you know the real extremes of wealth and poverty within quite a small radius um but it was everybody it was an amazing amazing experience we went there because we were building a stem cell laboratory and Peter said, I don't know how he managed, I mean, it's just the university life. He was like, do you know what? I think we should go to India. <laughs> like, we were working with a guy called Anand Shetty. Um, and we got, we did a, this little tour. But it was just, it was amazing. And I felt so lucky. And it was just, it made, it broadened my, uh, where I say I'm quite a homebody. It broadened my eyes. And I just thought, Tara, you need to, you need to travel. Yeah. I mean what what was it about about India that was just so so mind-boggling? I live in Kent in Whitstable, which is like a seaside town. Um it's lovely, but there's not much going on. Mangalore is like vibrant, you know, like it smells like it's like without being rude, you know, like it's like um chaos but like orderly chaos yeah it's alive um, yeah so it was just like I just never experienced anything like that I've never been a, I've never been abroad to work so I was like a little kid I was just like oh, this is just amazing like this is just amazing and I had to present I was there to represent the university um so I was really really nervous and I was really worried that would they be able to understand my accent? Would I make the university look really crap? Um, and I did it and I enjoyed it. So I think it was just all of those things and doing it with Peter, like we could not be more different. And we just had, we just talked the whole time. And it was just a mate. It was just, I'll never forget it. It's one of, it, I'll never forget it. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, this sort of uh, difference in culture, but yet, you know, kind of the same as well, because we're all looking for that, you know, that, that sort of zest for life, that, that you know, coming alive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the difficult situations do, do actually bring out the best in us, whether we like it or not, or, or the worst in us, maybe. I think in that instance, yeah, it brought out the, it, it brought out the best because I, I come across very confident but I, I'm not. And I think to go to a different country, like I'd spent time with Peter, but it'd be like, you know, like he's not my friend. He's my colleague. He's a lot older than me. Yeah. Um, and I did think, oh, what, if, what are we going to talk about? Am I just going to, you know, like go to my hotel room, you know, like just be by myself. Um, but we're like best buds. It's great. <laughs> it's really good. So when 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 did you decide to to run your own business and sort of why 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 did you come to that decision? What happened? 
So when I worked at the university, coming towards the end, so out of my time there, there was a, few, you know, I got into this loop. I used to say, me and my friend Angelo, it'd be like we'd compete, like who was the unhappiest, you know, like, but this person said this, this person said that. And my sister, my sister is a coach, she said to me, Tara, stop focusing on where you are and focus on where you want to go. And she bought me this beautiful notepad. And that's when I started to get into like the law of attraction and manifestation and really was like, Tara, you are, you like, if you look for trouble, you'll find it. If you want, if you want confirmation that this person's not very nice, you'll, you'll get that. So she really helped start to change my mindset. Um, and I remember thinking, like, it sounds, I'm not going to say that, but I remember thinking I want to be the CEO of a healthcare company because I worked in the faculty of health. I'd been involved in the stem cell laboratory project. I absolutely loved it. But in a university, it's like we're educating people, but we're not, do, you know, like we're not doing it or I would be helping to commercialize academic ideas, but they're academic ideas. It's not like business ideas. And I remember thinking, and I've always been interested in business. I want to, I want to be the CEO of a company and I want to work in healthcare. And I'd write that down. And then something happened in the university and I thought, this is not the place for me anymore. It's been great and it's time to move on. So I quit my job and I had three months, like three months notice period. But it got to the point where um, I was like, I want to go. So um, my line manager, Audrey, who's been on my podcast, so she, she said to me, Tara, what do you want? And I said, I want my MBA. I don't want to pay for it. And I want, I want to leave like this week and I want my MBA. And she said, no problem. Just make sure you finish it. So I left and I thought I've got three months to find a job. And just so happens I was working with Peter with a group of GPs in my job um, helping them to set up this thing called a, it's at the time called a CEPN, a community community education provider network, looking at professional development, recruitment and retention in primary care. I told that group I was leaving and then the GP said to me, will you write a business plan for me? And I said, yeah, like, will you pay me? Because I'm not going to have a job like soon. And they said, yeah, have you got a business? And I said, yeah. And then I went home and thought, like, you know, like, how do you create, how do you start a business? So, and I said to my sister, I, I need a business to be able, I didn't, but I need a business to be able to work with these GPs. What should I call it? And she said, Tara, don't waste, don't waste time on trying to think of a name. Just call it Tara Humphrey Consulting. If Calvin Klein can call it Calvin Klein, you can call it Tara Humphrey. And then I set up a business and then six years later, I've still got one. <laughs> so it was just word of mouth, word of mouth. I helped set up seven networks, seven CPNs. I went on to work with 11. And then a guy called Ben Gowland said to me, I listened to his podcast and I messaged him and said, I love your podcast. And then he met with me and we just kept in touch every every so often and he said to me what do you do again I said project management he said have you ever worked with a GP federation and I said no he said have you ever delivered a service I said no and he said well can you come and help me <laughs> I was like I don't know what I'm doing and he said oh you'll be fine you'll be fine I said 
how long is the contract? And he was like, it's 19 days to set up a frailty service over 42 practices. And I was like, I've never set up a service before, but I've got a feeling it's going to take more than 19 days. And he said, don't worry about that. Just say that you can do it and then we'll work it out. And then I was ended up there for 18 months. He's turned into a really, really good friend. Um, and he introduced me to Primary Care Networks and that's where I am now. Um, w- would you go back to the university setting with the experiences that you've had? Yeah. 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 I would like to be, ele- I'd like to, I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily like to be a lecturer from a marketing, a marking perspective, but I would like to, I would like to dovetail the academics with real life business with what happens so I love doing my MBA but now I have I know how to write an academic business plan you don't need an academic business plan in real life it's like how can you take that and tweak it and take the stuff and show people and and tell people just this is my experience it was excellent but there is um there's sometimes there's a miss there's a there's a gap and it's okay that there's a gap because it's different um but I would like from a business perspective to be one of those people that come in from industry and you know do a workshop and share their experiences mm-hmm. and and you know with 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 the current situation of of covid you know how has um how has that changed your um uh your work and sort of how you think um project management will change as well over the years well so COVID has affected my business um but not in so from a sales perspective we're down on ourselves to where we were last year but at the same time our team has grown so it's not um it's okay you know like it's okay um I got COVID I was off work for around about four weeks, four and a half weeks. I And I've got a small business. So we provide project management to interim, um, interim network management, to primary care networks. And we also do training and coaching with clinical directors and primary care network managers. I'm the face of the business. I do the delivery of the business and never thought I would be able to take four weeks off. I'd have been like, you, no way. Like this business would would not survive and how COVID has changed my thinking is actually this business did survive. I think I even won a client when I wasn't even there. Um, so I do have a team and they can they can deliver. I think one contract got put on hold and the rest continued on. So it's made me think a little bit bigger in that actually I can run. You know, I've been doing this for six years and I think sometimes I... You know, like it's, it can be so self-deprecating, like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I, you know, just happened. But actually it didn't just happen. And that we, I work really hard at it and that we've built a foundation that actually I can take four weeks off. I can take time off. Next time I take four weeks off, it's not, I don't want to be, it be, be because I'm ill. I'm doing Everest Base Camp. I'm climbing Everest Base Camp in November. That's, um, two uh, the whole trip is two and a half weeks but I'll be out of the business maybe three whereas in before I'd have been like oh god I've I've got to do so much preparation to be able to make this happen whereas now I'm like I don't have to 
I don't have to. So it's made me think, um, it's made me just like, okay, this is, if I, if COVID had never have happened, if I'd never have got COVID, I wouldn't, I would be, you know, is it nose to the grindstone all the time? So that's been really good. And I think project management, I think what's really been really nice is that part of my job, I love to travel. And I think the reason why my business has been able to thrive outside of my immediate area is because I like to travel. But it actually has been nice being able to deliver this stuff online. No one's no one's better than I live. It's absolutely fine. I can't wait to go and see the clients, but I don't need to be there all of the time. So I think project management, people still need even though we do project management when people hire me they're not saying I need a project manager ever they're just saying I need help to deliver x y and z um so people will always want help and now they know that it can happen virtually as long as they as long as we've got the internet and the phone I can deliver the job and that's um I want the best of both worlds I don't just want this zoom life Definitely not. So we don't really need that that physical presence, you think, or, or or is that beneficial? It is beneficial. Yeah. You don't need it all. The, you don't need it all of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think where we work across multiple practices, building relationships, um, that is harder. So one of my clients is eight practices. I am fortunate because I knew them in a slightly different capacity, but building those relationships virtually and I work with people that you know that they really struggle so the physical being physically in the same place as someone is really really important I would not not want I don't want to have a virtual business but if on the days where I don't know you know like I'll check the travel and if I can see you know like the M25 there's an accident I can say do you know what can we meet online yeah and that be okay and not be seen to be like, oh, Tara can't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I think the the situation has necessitated the need for this virtual existence, but, it, but in an ideal world, it'd be nice to sort of get together and, you know, have a pint or whatever, or and um, just do the human things that, that we've done for so long. Definitely. We're organising, like... Um, at in-person team meeting to work virtually so I can't wait for that and we even we run a scheme called the business of healthcare scholarship and this year it will be in person so yeah we are I can't wait to have a party yeah yeah absolutely absolutely now you mentioned the word manifestation I mean I mean how does that um work with with business and business strategy what do you mean by that I I feel like this is my, this is the stuff they don't teach you at university. You can have all of the tools and the strategy you like, but I think you need a tiny, it's like, sounds, I might have sound a bit crazy, but like a little bit of magic, a little bit of, there's been so many instances. So with my, with my MBA, I would say, I would write down, I'm going to get a distinction. I'm going to get a distinction. When I get to, when I get the call that I've got a distinction, I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to run around the garden and be so happy. And I, I had a vision board and I had a little graduation cap on there and it had passed with distinction. 
Now, my grade, I got two marks lower than I got 68. You needed, 70, you needed over 70 to get a distinction. And when I got the merit, I was like, you know, fine. Just, you know, it's, it's all right. And then my tutor called me up and said, we've been to, we've done the exam panel and that we're just so happy with what you've done and that marking subjective, we think you deserve a distinction. Wow. And Portia, who also got the same grade as me, stayed at a merit. To me, that is, that's like manifestation. So I always say to people, I've got a distinction, but I actually got a merit. <laughs> and they gave me a distinction. Um, but I think that if I hadn't of visualised that, if I hadn't really, and then I was like, I can't believe, I remember putting down the phone being like, I knew it, I knew it. Um, and I think some days I like go to bed and like the last thing I think when I fall asleep, I'm like, I'm going to get a client tomorrow. I know I'm going to get a client. Like I just, I just know it. And I remember um, somebody messaged me on LinkedIn to Chapel Medical Practice was like, I've been watching you for ages. I would love you to come in and help our practice. And li- that was probably the quickest transact. You know, like usually it's like, there's this long courtship it was like I think he'd messaged me at like five o'clock in the morning at 11 o'clock he'd sign a contract and I think there's been so many times where I've been like I've got a feeling today is going to be an exceptionally good day like there's no reason and you can kind of um you can trick yourself and when things aren't going my way I can then I can think you know if you say people say you get out of the bed the wrong way you got out the wrong the bed of the wrong way today and I think sometimes I have got out the bed the wrong way and I'm like no don't let this one thing derail your whole day and I'm, I'm very conscious of the words that I use and I think that to me that I can manifest manifest a good day or equally I can manifest a, a bad day, a horrible day. And it all comes from me. It comes it's like my energy. You know, like sometimes you can just present to the world and you get back. You know, when people really like honk, you know, like the other day, um somebody really um honked their horn car horn at me and was like swearing at me, like really like ridiculous, like really uncalled for. And I was a bit like you're having a really bad day. This is nothing to do with me. Like I am not going to then be in a mood myself, get in my office, you know, and make everybody's life a misery because somebody was rude to me. And I think that is being able to manifest, being able to look at a bad situation and think, do I want to be part of this or not? Or being able to be like, no, I'm going to make today a good day. I mean, that takes quite quite a lot of um, uh, self-awareness to be in that situation, I think. You know, it takes, uh, it takes a lot of discipline. Mm, I, yeah, maybe. I think yeah. that, I think for where I said to you when I worked at the university, when I left the university and I would compete with Angela to be like, who who is the most unhappy that was when it's like why am I doing this you know like this is ridiculous I'm a I'm bringing everybody else down I'm unhappy 
So I can either choose, and when things don't go my way, and things don't, don't go my way all the time, yeah. but I can just think, well, that was yesterday, and now today's today. Like, move on. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right, because it does take um, uh, a constant practice, you know, a daily practice, so to speak. Um, it takes more energy, I think, to be negative. Really? And right. I think so. I think you, then to be positive. And I think I've got, um, I think I was introduced to the five minute journal. So you, you write down three things that you're grateful for, what you want to happen today, positive affirmation and what three good things happened. And that has been really, that's like, you know, that that's really simple. And yeah. what I don't use it anymore because I can always think of more than three things. It's quite a small notebook. Yeah. So now I've just got like a plain notebook and sometimes, and when I'm unhappy, sometimes I think, okay, what 50 things can you be, be grateful for? Like I, you, you can kind of force yourself to be like, okay, well, I've got up, the house is warm, kids are happy. I've got the dog, I've got the business. Um, I'm on this podcast today. Um, it's, it was snowing yesterday and now it's like blue sky today. Like yeah. there's just, you can think of things. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, you're right. You know, the the results of of these two different uh, thought processes makes a massive difference. And you know, one gets you going in the right direction, and and the other one just sort of stops you in your tracks. Now, given that we've had the recent report um, of the Commission on the race and ethnic disparity um, disparities, um, a lot of people saying that you know Britain is institutionally racist. Uh, and other people say, well, you know, we're going in the right direction, particularly looking at this report. Um, so you can sort of look at it in, in two ways. One is stopping in your tracks. And the other one is, well, you know, there, there's a lot of hope here and, and, a, and a lot of scope for working together and moving forward. Because, you know, we, we have moved forward since the 70s and 80s. I mean, my, uh, in my perception, what do, you, what do you think about this? Very... Obviously, you know I've read the report. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you've read the report. So when and you know it, you've done you know you've done some manifestation, which is quite positive from this. Yeah. So when I read the report, I'd, so I'd seen the headlines, and then a lady called Karen Middleton, who works, who's the chief executive of the Charter Society of Physiotherapists, said, "Everyone's reading the headlines. Have you read the report?" Essentially, mm. and I was a bit like, "I haven't read it." So let's let me form my own opinion. And I, and I read it. Some things are thought in the report. I think there was something like the NHS is, you know, outstanding or doing really, really well in having lots of ethnic minority in top leadership positions. So I just think really in, interesting. Um, and then and I think like that, I do think I don't. I don't, I think that's wrong. I think that's false. I do not think that. Um, but there were other things in that report that did make me think, okay, you know, like, okay, we, it is, we are moving forwards. But ultimately, I thought, what can I do? I can read this report and go on social and say all the things that are wrong with it. That's not going to change it. It's not, I don't know what that's going to achieve. They're not going to say, well done, Tara. I'm going to let, I'm going to reject, red, you know, redact that bit. And I did think, well, what can I do? And I just thought, well, there are things that I can do. If we, there are things that I can choose to do as a small business, as a normal person. So I was 
inspired her to want to do more from that report and other reports versus think negatively about it. I do think an expensive report, I could imagine the amount of people <laughs> that wrote that. And just at the end of it, it's like, I could have written, well, I wouldn't have written that because I wouldn't have done. But so I did think it's inspired me to act. I feel very motivated. And I think we've got a long way to go. It's really sad that we have to have these conversations. And sometimes I think, am I, sometimes I think, am I naive? So for your people listening to me, I'm black. Um, I run my own business. I feel free. I feel like in, in my jobs, when I left the university, some the, one of the reasons why I left the university is because they said, we've got a real big intake from South East London. You've only got to look at the place. And I was standing behind this person. And I remember thinking in that moment, this isn't the place for me. Because it, it was said in, in a tone that was like, look at the place, there's loads of black people. And this is not good. Um, and I remember thinking, and I was quite upset. And I remember saying, I'm never going to let myself get upset. I'm never going to quit. After I had quit, I did think this may happen again. You don't quit. Don't be upset. There are ignorant, racist people in this world. You can't run away from all of them. <laughs> like, And so I do think actually, Tara, like step forward. You can speak up so that and we've got like a pledge we've got the business of healthcare scholarship last year we donated 10k uh, towards the initiative we gave cash grants to help people invest in cpd we set up a mentorship program and we'll do the mentorship program again so it's made me it's made me think god if i'm just like one person with a teeny tiny business like let me show you what somebody like me can do so it's in, it's inspiring me to act and and what have you learned from from this um, scholarship that you've created? That like just one person can actually make a difference. Mm. Sounds really cheesy, but we helped seventeen people. Those seventeen people manage services with thousands and thousands of people, hundreds of staff, and it's like this was one of the ideas that I I just woke up one day and was like we're going to do this. And then literally like the next week we'd, it was up and running. So it's made me think far a bit, like have a bit more confidence in yourself. You can, you can do these things. I, I've got this like be in my bonnet sometimes. Like I'm just a small, I'm just a small company. Like what difference can I make? Who's going to listen to me? And then the other side of me, it's like, it doesn't matter. Just do it because you want to do it. And every time I do the things I want to do, I always get a positive result from it. So I think it's it's given me more confidence um, to just do, yeah, to do to do more of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and in in terms of the podcast, what what got you started in terms of the podcast? What was it? So um... our, yep. So our podcast is called the Business of Healthcare, and this stems back to my. MBA part of my dissertation I don't know what I was choosing to explore what GPs thought about the five-year forward view and throughout my 
conversation, you know, like you set up your interviews. I think I, one of the questions was, do you think you run a business? Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Because everybody I spoke to did multiple things and all of them said no. And I thought that's really interesting that you do multiple things at the time. If I want you to come to a meeting, we've got to pay you. So, you know, your time is rightly so worth money but you don't consider it to be a business. And I just kept thinking the business of healthcare, the business of healthcare. And I just was, just thought that was really interesting. And then at the time I thought, well, I want to work in the business of healthcare, but how do I get in? I'm not a GP. I'm not a nurse. I'm not even a manager in the system. So how do you get to find out without subscribing to like the HSJ, which is not like the most, you know, like it's, informative but it's not can something be informative without being interesting do you know what I mean when I say that (laughs) do you know what I mean it's like dry um and I thought if I want to work if I want to find out about Richard Branson or I can easily find that on Google where do you go to learn about the business of healthcare I love podcasts there's a podcast called the school of greatness and I thought I'm going to set up a podcast called The Business of Healthcare. It's going to be like the School of Greatness. And I'm going to invite healthcare leaders and entrepreneurs to come and tell me all about their business and all about their life. And then I set it up. And and who was your first guest on that? I think it was a guy called Gary Hughes. He's a practice manager. Yeah, I think I, I reached out to Gary and was like, would you come on my podcast? And now like, we're really good friends. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I've got, I've got Fazana Hussein was GP of the year. I've had a few, I've got a few big ones coming up. Um, but yeah, it's just really, it's grown. Like nobody listened in this, you know, like what it's, you know what it's like. Yeah, no yeah. one listens initially. You sound really, you like go, uh, uh, it sounds not very good. And you just keep, you just keep going. We're, we're on 120 episodes now. Wow. Wow. And and which which episode was like the worst episode that you thought this is an absolute disaster? apart from my one of course (laughs) i can't say but Uh, when the interview is really short uh, and the other day actually so i like to do a pre-meet with people uh, lots of people just you know you don't know the person you just meet and you record i like to meet people and what's interesting is i meet people and they're so good and then then you book the interview and they're different they try to be you know like more professional And I'm just like, why are you not your cheeky, fun self? Like how you were when the it wasn't being recorded. So I do have quite a few of those. But then I, that's my job as the host yeah. to bring that out of them. Yeah, I, I mean, likewise. Yeah, I mean, likewise, it is a bit difficult. And I, I, I guess we have a certain persona or a certain personality that we um, uh, that we put across. Um, and it's not really us because um, we care about what other people think. You know, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. I think on my podcast, I know I feel like I am me on my podcast. I do solo interviews. I don't script them. Hmm. You can tell. <laughs> like you can tell. Um, but I, re- I really, really enjoy it. And that is, it's not really, it's related to my business but it's not, it's, I would do it anyway. 
I will keep doing it because it's fascinating meeting people. And I think I remember um, you had reached out to me in the early days of my podcast. And I was like, I didn't want to interview you because I didn't feel confident enough. I remember, really remember that thinking I came and saw your podcast and was like, oh no, like he's next level. I'm not ready. Really? I'm not ready. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And when you came on mine, I was very nervous. I think... I think I recorded um, a podcast with a lady called Rachel Dunscombe, who is the CEO of the NHS Digital Academy. It's like 100, maybe 110. And I did think it was, it was, it took me 110 episodes for me to finish the interview and think, "Mm, do you know what, that was pretty good. Like it's, it's, it's a good way to develop your communication skills it is nerve-wracking it's nerve-wracking being on the other end you want to ask good questions you're trying to listen and you're thinking about your next question it's like I think people underestimate it's not it does take a little bit there's an art to it and I haven't cracked it um I'm getting there no I mean I think it was fine I I found uh, my conversation um with you to be quite (laughs) difficult because you were you were you, you were pretty pretty tough on me I must say I think I was waiting. <laughs> I think I thought you would be tough on me. How? You know, you're asking the questions. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I was thinking, right, I want to show Ida, I'm a really good interviewer. Yeah. Like, I'm going to ask him, like, hard-hitting questions. Yeah, you did, yeah. You know, and yeah. it was. Uh, I thought, wow, and I and I think afterwards, I thought, wow, that that's probably the hardest uh, podcast I've ever done. I mean, I've been on quite a few, and and and, and they flowed really nicely. And you know, I was myself, but you you're making a hang on a minute, hang on a minute. You're make it was a, for people that haven't listened to it. Actually, listen to it. It's no, it was good. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. No, it was good. It was different. I remember you said it was different. Actually, I did an interview with someone. Um, he was um, he was the host, and and he was being really nasty. No, I wasn't nasty. No, no, no you hang nasty. on a minute. No, 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 no it no, was a good no, conversation. Yeah. I kept you on your toes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that I think it is always hard interviewing another, but someone that's got a podcast. I do think that is um, really, it, yeah. Is, no no I don't think so no 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 we, we, you know, we can just go on and on and on about you know whatever uh, tickles us but I think yeah um maybe it was earlier early on in in your um in your career maybe I don't know but um you know topics around personality and and sort of uh, psychological issues can get a bit complicated and sometimes the host wants to sound knowledgeable and 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 ask even more uh complicated questions maybe that was the thing i'll have to go and have a listen again i'll have to have a listen again see what it's about Hmm. yeah maybe uh so so who was um i mean you know you mentioned uh the school of greatness you know you like listening to that because you know they do have lots of very interesting um uh, guests on there um but 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 what other what what other podcasts are you really um a fan of apart from that um 
God, I listen to it loads. One sec, I will just. So I listen to. Which one do you never miss? I listen to Ed Milet, and he's um, they're all businessy ones. So mm. he brings on um, entrepreneurs. I really, really like that one. I listen to the Gary V Audio Experience. I listen to the Michelle Obama. I listen, yeah, to School of Greatness. I listen. Oh, I love listening to the Peter Crouch podcast. That's really, really fun. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, I listen to Pharmacist Diaries with Anisha Patel. Um, I listen to a podcast called Stacking Your Team, which I really, really like. Um, she's based in Canada and she she used to run like a Fortune 500 company. So she's really good with like team issues. That's really, really good. Uh, I listen to The Power Hour. I listen to Lowe's Productivity. I listen to my sister's one. I listen to a podcast called On Purpose with Jay Shetty. What's your sister's one called? The Limitless Life Experience. Who started the podcast first, you or her? Oh, I don't know, actually. I really don't know. I think she started, she may have started hers before, but then she had a big break. Mm. Um, Whereas I've just kept going. Yeah. And, and, And do you think people generally underestimate you? I don't think anyone would have an opinion, if that makes sense. I don't think, yeah, I don't think people, no, I, I, I say no, but I don't, I generally don't think people would have any opinion. Okay. Okay. So it's a level playing field and you just go in there, this is who I am. And then likeness and can I get on with them vibes straight away. straight away but yeah. more yeah I think what do you mean from a client perspective just sort of generally I mean you know because it's not all about business is it or is it all about business no it's, I wasn't no. Yeah. <laughs> um no I think people think I don't think they underestimate me I think they're just like oh hi Tara like yeah. what do yeah. you like what do you do and then they're just like oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's. Um, I, I think that's the case for most people anyway, and you know people are pretty, you know, they use their intuition and their insights to 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 decide what's what what's best for them and uh, what's not. Um, so we're coming towards the end of our podcast. Um, I'm sure you're a bit upset about that. Not yeah, necessarily. <laughs> Um, so what would you advise yourself, you know, Tara about, uh, um, you know, go in and, and do a BA, what, what are the three top things you would, you would tell her, advise her, or, you know, if you were her mentor, what would you say to her? She's already got a mentor now, which is you, you can't use that one. I think just have a bit more, just have. I mean, it's really hard to say to somebody, have more confidence. Yeah. Um, but how would you say that to someone? Have more yeah, confidence. Yeah, I think, how would I say it? I think I'd just remind her, 
point her in the direction of the thing she's already achieved to say, look, you have done these things. You can you can do every time you put your mind to it, you can do it. So I think there was lots of, I love the learning of the MBA and just would always crumble when it came to the assignment. So I'm not an, I always say I'm not academic. And it, it and it's, it's that, it, be careful of what I can, be careful of what you tell yourself. Because if you keep saying I'm not academic, if you keep saying you're not going to do it, you're not going to do it. Or, you know, it's going to be such a struggle. So really watch your words. Um point to the things the successes and learn what 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 did you do to make that go well and just um I did enjoy it and so I think just be proud of it I know I mean I meet so many people people come on the podcast and say to me like MBAs are so old (laughs) they're like they're just they're so crap um, you know, like no one does it. No one does MBAs anymore. And I'm really proud of it. And I think I'd say, yeah, be proud of it just because other people don't value it. Doesn't matter about the title. It's about what you learn and how it made you feel and where that learning is taking you. So be, be proud. It doesn't matter. It's not from like a top university or anything like that. You've got the qualification. No one can take that away from you. Just be proud of it. And one more, one more thing. Um, what would I tell Tara about to do it? Ooh, um, you're going to have to really edit this bit out. I don't, I don't know. Um, I can't think of anything. I did really enjoy it. So I think just the confidence bit. Yeah. 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 And another question I thought would, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to put in there is, you know, if, if you were to pick being on another podcast, what, where would it be and with who? It would be with the school of greatness with Lewis house. That would be so cool. I'd be like, you were the person that inspired me to do my podcast. Yeah. And there'll be some interesting stories on there, I'm sure. Would you share some interesting stories on there or or just the stories that we've heard about today? I would like to think there is more. I'd like to think I am. There's more interesting things for me to share. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope so. Well, you know, uh, you know, this is this is the start of, of a journey. And, you know, our first step is always uh, a tentative one. And um, let's see where where we go from here. It's been a great pleasure um, having you on the uh, podcast today. And um, I wish you all the best and success. Uh, What's the best way of people contacting you? Um, You can find me on social. I hang out on LinkedIn quite a lot. So you can look for Tara Humphrey. And on Twitter, you can, if you look for THC Primary Care, you'll find me. Lovely. It's been a pleasure, Tara. Well, thank you.